I can see something there, you know, starting to, to to brew. And that's another Formula One driver, right, guys, coming over to IndyCar because these guys, word travels really fast. And when you got a driver like Roman Grosjean, who was in Formula One for so many years, all the drivers do listen to him. He has their ear. They're going to listen to him when he tells them just how awesome this series is and how at any time any driver can win a race. And as a racing driver, that's what you want. You always want to have an opportunity just to have a chance to win a race. So that's pretty much the, the Formula One side of things here here in North America. And, and of course, it's very, very popular and, and of, we are an F1 show, but there's another side of this conversation and continuing with the motorsport in North America theme of this little series here is also IndyCar. And Tim, you're very, very familiar with IndyCar, of course, through your coverage of it and, and obviously back in your Champ Car Atlantic days too, which was, uh, you know, not the feeder series to IndyCar at that time, but to what was Champ Car at the time, which uh, as per our last conversation, you know, I'm such a big fan of that and uh, I get nostalgic every time I think of that series, but that could be another <laughs> podcast on its own. I love that series. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, but let's talk a little bit about IndyCar because IndyCar has had a massively successful 2021 season. I was just reading their press release the other day that the 2021 season was the most watched in NBC history across NBC, NBCSN, and other NBC digital platforms. They averaged a total audience delivery of 1.223 million viewers, which is the best in NBC sports history. So it really grew in popularity, and we saw a lot of F1 fans starting to get involved in IndyCar this year because of obviously Romain Grosjean moving into IndyCar for the 2021 season. Could you just talk a little bit about the growth of IndyCar? Mm. Yeah. We mentioned just before the takeover from Roger Penske, and this is all connected with the whole F1 conversation as well, but just talk a little bit about the IndyCar growth, and do you see that they're really starting to make a resurgence and um, you know, becoming a premier racing series back in, in the U.S. and here in North America as well? Yeah, absolutely, Chris. I mean, IndyCar was absolutely awesome in 2021. I mean, this championship was... Absolutely incredible. No one saw Alex Palou coming out of nowhere to win this championship and to see, uh, you know, a lot of the younger drivers like, you know, Patricio Award, who is that guy's awesome to watch, you know, ring a race car's neck because Palou was very like smooth and he was very meticulous. He was, uh, he he was like a surgeon, really smooth hands and everything, and pull, and then you saw Award, and it looked like he was wrestling a bull. <laughs> like, it was absolutely awesome. The guy has got the fastest set of hands I've ever seen on a driver. Absolutely incredible. IndyCar is so exciting, and I can't say that enough. And if people are watching this uh, when 2022 rolls around, definitely check out IndyCar because it is so entertaining. The racing is incredible. These drivers are some of the best drivers on the world. Yes, I know Formula One has great drivers. So too does IndyCar. You put Scott Dixon in a Formula One car tomorrow, and he's going to make it just as fast as the world champions will. He is that good. So that being said, Roger Penske coming in, buying up IMS, buying IndyCar, took this uh, sport to another level. And it showed the, I guess, the passion that he has for not only racing, but for IndyCar, because he's invested so much into it. 
And at the end of the day, he's going to get that that buyback because we've seen this series get bumped up like so dramatically in the span of 12 months. It's incredible. Now they're going to now they're working on uh, their own sort of drive to survive series. And I'm excited to see what that's going to look like when, you know, 2022 uh, rolls around and they start shooting some stuff. So that'll be exciting to see. I mean, it's um, it's an incredible it's an incredible sport. It's a close knit uh, community. All of these guys really like each other off the racetrack. A lot of them are really good friends. They pal around. They have great personalities in IndyCar. These drivers just have incredible personalities. You sit on there in some of these zooms, and you know we're on with these drivers. Like they give us their time, right, guys? Like I mean, you go to F1, and you know you get ten minutes with team principals and the drivers and whatever. And look, I get it. They got to go around and be interviewed by a lot of people but with the IndyCar uh, drivers, they'll sit on these Zooms for almost an hour, answering questions, talking, more than happy to give their time, uh, really. And they have great personalities. Did I say that already? Because I'll say it again. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it, was, it, it was exciting to see the numbers, I think, once we got about three races in and everyone was like, well, that's the Grosjean effect. And yeah, you know, having a Formula One driver come over, but Marcus Erickson was also in IndyCar before Roman Grosjean, right? Another big factor is Jimmy Johnson. Like, Jimmy Johnson has such a massive fan base and has such a huge uh, pull that you could see that when he was, when he was in the Carvana car, uh, for tar- for Chip Ganassi Racing, I almost called him Target Chip Ganassi. Oh my yeah. God, Chip, <laughs> Chip Ganassi would kill me if you ever heard me saying that again. Uh, but yeah, you know, you 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 look at that and you can see the numbers where it's like, hey, when when Jimmy Johnson's in the race, these these IndyCar races are are getting another bump in in viewership, and you know, hats off to him because he also helped with that pushing that marketing of IndyCar, all these great Carvana. Uh, commercials coming on you know during the middle of a race which were hilarious and then obviously seeing him on the racetrack racetrack at the same time and following his story for as long as i did for the entire season and seeing how like difficult it was for him to transition from a cup car uh, to an indy car and the amount of fitness that was required to really get the speed out of these indy cars I mean that's another sort of testament to just how great these these athletes are. But yeah, I think Jimmy Johnson played a, a huge part in in these numbers coming up as as well, guys, as as well as Roman Grosjean did for sure. I'm a big NASCAR guy, so like Jimmy Johnson, like that's I was a Hendrick Motorsports fan. Jeff Ford was my guy. Like I still cheer for the 24. It's William Byron now in NASCAR. Um, but it's just when Jimmy Johnson was going over, I know that was huge news for nascar fans because there was a whole goodbye tour in nascar but it was like okay well he's he's not done yet he's going to go race imsa and and race uh indycar as well and i want to talk about the rookies because you have robin grosjean coming over but you also have scott mclaughlin and mm-hmm. i'm a huge motorsport fan so I, I i wouldn't get up and watch the races but i'd watch the highlights of the australian v8 supercar series oh yeah and what a, a racing series yeah. that is that is phenomenal to watch yeah and He's just such a, an interesting character, and he was so good. When I heard that he was coming over, I was very excited to watch him as well. And I'm sure that's going to help, you know, the Aussie and the Kiwi fans. Of course, Scott Dixon uh, helps that as well. Um, but, it, you know, to have all those those three come together is almost like a perfect storm, I found, where you have the Grosjean effect, you have, you know, the NASCAR effect and Jimmy Johnson, seven-time champion. 
Uh, and then you have, you know, the V8 supercar fans come in and want to see how, how McLaughlin does. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And he's a really true talent too. You know, Scott McLaughlin is and um, following his story and interviewing him at moments, you know, throughout the season, he, you know, it was just such a big learning curve for him coming from a race car that, you know, had a lot of body roll to it, that coming into an indie car that didn't have a lot of, you know, body roll to it. And I think having a guy like Will Power, you know, in your corner um, is so important um, for a driver like Scott McLaughlin to learn from as well and to, you know, confide in when he needs to. Um, so for for a driver like him, yeah, you know, you're you're going to get that different, that different audience right and then you know you mix in like a patricio award you're going to get the the mexican audience which which is great i mean and then you got alex palu you're going to get the 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 spanish audience as well then you got renis vk who is also an incredible talent and super fun to watch right you're going to get that that dutch you're getting that dutch fan base now too and and it's smart of indycar to go around and you know, sell the broadcast rights to these different countries because they, they bought them up and the numbers came up and the viewership came up and the social media following came up. And next thing you know, we started seeing IndyCar races trending in Canada. And I haven't seen IndyCar races trending in Canada forever. And this was the first year that, 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 I, that I saw that. So I could tell right away that not only did the, the Jimmy Johnson, the Roman Groshans have an effect, but so did the Scotty McLaughlin, so did the Alex Ballou, so did the Renus VKs. I could go on and on. Marcus Erickson's. It's turning into such a global uh, championship that, yeah, it, it, it won't be long until it's, it's going to be maybe traveling outside of the USA again to start doing races. Uh, in other countries. Well, and that perfectly transitions into to my next point as we wrap up with just a couple of more questions here is if you obviously, again, I'm going to reference Champ Car once again. If you re- <laughs> remember those races, they used to go to Australia. Yeah. They used yeah. to go to Japan, if I, I, I'm not yep. mistaken correctly, yep, Japan did. as yep. well. It was a global sport, but what I'm seeing now is maybe the start of what it was like back in the kart days in the 90s when you had big F1 stars like Fittipaldi come over and Nigel Mansell and of course have some great success in those days. And even I remember as a kid going to the Honda, or well the Honda Indy at the time was the Molson Indy and, and Champ Car and then the Indy Car, you had drivers like Cristiano DeMata who then mm-hmm. came back and then of course Sebastian Bourdais who flip-flopped between Formula One and Indy Car. I remember when Rubens Barrichello made a brief stint in Indy Car just the amount of people that were were coming around him in the paddock at the time and, and the popularity was there so you also see Roman Grosjean making interesting comments that maybe if he could choose between being a backmarker in F1 versus what he's doing now in IndyCar he'd rather choose IndyCar yeah. so do you think that we're starting to see now a more viable option for some of these more yeah. skilled drivers you mentioned earlier mm-hmm. it's too expensive to get into F1 maybe I'll go to IndyCar and now yeah. if IndyCar expands you could potentially be obviously maybe not as popular as a Formula One driver, but you could just get as much out as it out of it as if you were in F one. And I also just think that the kind of cross promotion that F one and IndyCar have done at certain times this year, for example in the Indy five hundred, you had Formula One retweeting IndyCar posts. Which mm-hmm. when, when was the last time you ever saw things like that? So, do you kind of get the sense that good things are on the horizon here in in that sense with uh, IndyCar? Yeah. Yep, absolutely. You know, those are all, you know, 
great points that, that you make, Chris. If you kind of look at it as a driver from a driver's perspective, if I'm a driver like Christian Lungard or if I'm a driver like Callum Eilat, who is now going to be racing full-time in 2022 in IndyCar, he's in a Ferrari's reserve driver, same with Alfa Romeo's reserve driver, and now he's going to be spending his time in IndyCar for 2022 because he loved it that much. And you got the same with Christian Lungard. Who knows what's going to happen with him? Again, Formula 2 driver, extremely talented. And then you've got Nico Hulkenberg, who was <laughs> a Formula 1 driver, reserve driver now for Aston Martin. And people love him. He's got a huge following. He needs to be in a race car somewhere. I get it. Look it. He's a marketing tool for sure, but he's still got some talent left in him as well. I can see him maybe going over to a team like Ed Carpenter Racing for 2022, whether or not that's a full season or that's a half a season or that's just a few races. It's unclear at the moment. You know, Ed Ed Carpenter has made mention that he is interested in his services. So I I can see something there, you know, starting to, to, to brew. And that's another Formula One driver, right, guys, coming over to IndyCar because these guys, word travels really fast and when you got a driver like roman grosjean who was in formula one for so many years all the drivers do listen to him he has their ear they're going to listen to him when he tells them just how awesome this series is and how at any time any driver can win a race and as a racing driver that's what you want you always want to have an opportunity just to have a chance to win a race and i don't want to like crap on formula one when it comes to that and i think once we get these new regulations put in place for 2022 and we start getting that budget cap coming coming down a little bit more, we're going to see a little bit more. Uh, these teams are going to get pushed closer and closer together. And I think the racing is going to get better. At the moment, though, IndyCar is where it's at if you want on-track entertainment. It just is. And I think that you're going to be seeing a lot more Formula One drivers coming over and racing in IndyCar. When I was in the paddock in 2019, I had a driver come up to me and ask me, hey, have you ever, you know, driven on an oval before? Like, yes. So how was, you know, Champ Car Atlantics and uh, Champ Car at the time? I'm like, it was incredible. Those cars are amazing. The racing is extremely aggressive. You can really physically wring the car's uh, neck. You don't have to be too finessy about the entire thing. And they just look at you and they say, all right, cool, cool. Right? Because they're thinking about it. Yeah. Right? They're already thinking about it. So that's a good thing. I think Formula One knows that. And I think also with the success of Formula One, you're going to have the success of IndyCar as well. It's kind of like when the tide comes in, all the ships start to rise. That's including NASCAR. That's including WEC. That's including, you know, Super Formula, Australian V8 um, touring cars. Um, where else can I go with this one? Uh, you know, Le Mans, 24 hours. These new fans that are starting to come in because the drive survived, they're going to start noticing all these other different racing series and all these other different personalities, and they're going to get they're going to get more eyeballs, and things are going to start to come up as well. So, I think for IndyCar, um, in terms of working with other racing series, I think there's there's probably going to be precedent to keep doing that. If you look at, I guess, next season, it looks like Xfinity. And IndyCar will be racing on uh, in IMS um, towards the end of IndyCar's season. So teaming up again with Xfinity, there's there will be a time when it comes where you're going to get NASCAR and IndyCar races on the same day. 
at the same track and I'm sure it's going to happen. And I think that's smart. I think you just need to keep cross promoting everything. And I think everybody wins at the end of the day, because I think if you don't, I don't know, you're going to maybe go back to those days of champ car when, you know, there's so much infighting and fighting between different sports. What's better champ car, NASCAR, IRL, <laughs> oh, you suck. You like NASCAR. So hopefully we don't go back to those days because they were never really productive. Right, you have completely just fallen right into my grand plan that I have <laughs> mastermind here. And I'm going to pitch it to you. I don't want to get your, your opinion on it. So we've seen, like, we were talking about the cross promotion. We've seen how important Zach Brown is with McLaren mm. bringing F1 and IndyCar together. And we've seen how mm. important, how Daniel Ricciardo and Lando Norris have mentioned about the Indy 500. And I know Daniel Ricciardo likes his NASCAR a lot. Mm-hmm. Um We've seen, like you mentioned, NASCAR, the Xfinity Series, which is, if you're an F1 fan, the F2 of NASCAR, um, working with IndyCar and having a weekend on their own. So in all together, there's one racetrack where all of these series race in a season, and that's COTA, Circuit of Americas. So here's my grand plan, Tim. You have a weekend of IndyCar, NASCAR, and F1, all in the same weekend, all the premier events. Oh. On on the Saturday, you would have your IndyCar race set up. That you, so you, well, you'd have so I'll, I'll give you the whole weekend here. Now, <laughs> all right, all right. Friday, you have IndyCar qualifying and practice. Your practice, you're qualifying. NASCAR practice, NASCAR qualifying on the Friday. Friday, uh, Saturday, sorry, Saturday morning. You'd have your, or a Saturday afternoon, um, you'd have your um, F1 qualifying, followed by the IndyCar race, which then leads to your Sunday, where you have either, now this would be depending on who wants it, which timeshare, either F1 in the morning to help with the European viewers and NASCAR at night, or the other way around, if you want F1 to be the premier race of, um, of the of the event do you think it's plausible or even possible to have all three of those premier series racing on the same weekend at the same circuit because i think it would be the most opportunistic opportunistic time for all those sports to try to come together and really branch out into all different directions it's a great idea it really is i would love to see it i think uh you know i'd be the first in line being like take my money because I, I want to go. I don't know if you could convince NASCAR, Formula One, and IndyCar to all share the, the spotlight at the exact same time on the exact same track. I just, I envision that not going over very well. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of like... Yeah. There'd be a huge power struggle as to who gets the time slot. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And if you're doing it during like an NFL Sunday, (laughs) then you're really into it right then, you know, because most of America is already watching, you know, NFL, but like the rest of the world, you know, obviously is watching, you know, NFL as well, but mostly motorsports at that moment with Formula One. And that would be a tough one. I, I would love to see it though. I, re- I really would. That'd be cool. That'd be really cool. That's a great idea, man. I like it. I, I'm just going to do one of those things where if you keep talking about it enough, enough, and you just keep putting it out there, eventually something has to happen, right? Like That's <laughs> that's what F1 is. You just keep talking about it, something happens. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome, dude. 
I'd love to see that though. I really would. Wouldn't you? I mean, like, oh man, it's it's tricky people, to maneuver. How many? How many? How many tickets? And at Coda, let's just say you know general admission is open, and we're not in a, a COVID COVID year. How many? What do you think the uh, attendance is for that? I think. I mean, I don't know what they hold. I bet you they'd sell out. I don't know if it's two hundred fifty they hold. I mean, I can look it up right now for you. Um, but I, I would think they'd sell it pretty quick. I would say you. I would say let's say capacity is one hundred twenty thousand. Okay, for three days, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday. What do you think the total attendance would be? I, I think you're going to get four hundred thousand. No problem. I, I see. Yeah. I, I think you get half or uh, five hundred thousand easy, half yeah. a million. Yeah, I think so. Too. That that'd be incredible. Imagine that. <laughs> well, I, I, it'd be unbelievable. And I think if you, if you have revenue share the right way, it's it's possible. But it, like you said, there's a lot of greed in in all this as well, and who gets the best time slot and everything. Or or you do it at IMS, right? Because because ah. there you can get a crowd, man. You can get yeah. like you can get four hundred thousand people on site, no questions asked, like on site. That's for one day. I think you, I, I think you get like, I say 600,000 if you go to IMS. That's what I'm saying. I, for one day. I'd say for one day, like Sunday. I like that. I, I, you know what? I'm glad I brought this to you because now let's see, you got the different brains in there and all of a sudden we've changed Circuit Americas to Indy. Screw this Circuit Americas plans. We're going to Indy. <laughs> <laughs> now that this is public, you should, or you should trademark it just in case. <laughs> you Dude, you need to get on that. Hey, at least bring us to the event. I mean, give us some, bring us to the hospitality area. Like all three of us, we'll go hang out. I'll be very happy with that. <laughs> I, I will settle for the Backmarkers F1 show to be the sole broadcaster of the event. <laughs> I will settle for that. <laughs> It'll be two cameras. Yeah. Tim, you in for pit lane reporting? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Always. Perfect. I'm always down. <laughs> Oh, so I'm glad that you got that idea uh, off the chest. It is definitely a fantasy one, but um, yeah. it would be like, it, it would kind of be uh, similar to how the UFC does it, International Fight Week. That would be like an international week of motorsport or something, yeah, just cool. to have the that three there. And then all the drivers and cars all together would be, would be very, very spectacular. So let, let's see what happens. But we wanted to wrap up this, this episode, of course, with a little bit uh, closer to home and relating to motorsports in North America. But here in Canada at home, we have some exciting projects on the way as well. And I got to give a shout out to one of our viewers who regularly listens to our podcast, Mr. Ron G, who actually wanted us to ask you about this, Tim, which is the yeah. motorsport project, the Oro Station Motorsports Park that is currently under development. It's relocated in South Central Ontario, and they're going to be building this whole motorsport and business center along with a track. And now, if my information is correct, the track was recently approved. It's an FIA Grade 3 design, and it is slated to open in 2023. So maybe if you could just expand a little bit on the the goal of this track. And obviously, I think it's difficult to assume that we're going to be expecting a second Formula One race in Canada. But <laughs> we could maybe get some more IMSA races or maybe IndyCar potentially in the future. But could you speak a little bit about that project going on right now in Ontario? Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, I think we need more racetracks uh, within Ontario. I mean, you know, I know we've got uh, the one out in Ottawa, we have the one in Shannonville. We have the one over closer to Bowmanville. We've got um, the other one that's closer to uh, to Toronto. And so having another one that's 
you know, I, I, I would say adds a little bit more, I guess, uh, motorsports spice to Ontario. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just, I just, uh, I love racing. I love racetracks. I, I, I'll never say uh, we have too many uh, at all. I'll never say that. But um, yeah, no, hats off to, to everyone out there. I mean, to put a project as big as this is together is not an easy thing to do like whatsoever. And I believe they got some help on some of the circuit design from Karun uh, Chandok from Sky, uh, Sky Sports F1. Uh, and that's huge. You know, if you can get someone like that to come on board and help you with a design philosophy in itself, because that's also part of his sort of side hustle, right? That's, that's also what Karun does do. He, he helps design racetracks at the same time. Uh, so they've done a lot out there and they've, they've, they've really put in a lot of hard work. I hope it, pays off with some more racing coming to to Canada uh, to Ontario in, in particular as well um, you know the trucks race I believe was canceled uh, for this year as well so they won't be coming up which is kind of sad because it's always a fun uh, weekend out at uh, CTMP so I think if they can try and find a way of getting more racing series up here at the same time, if they want that, right, they might just use it as sort of a country club for people to come and, and drive their cars around or rent the track out for the day or whatever. But if the track is going to be big enough, I mean, yeah, why not try and get uh, IndyCar on board at the same time? Because we know, you know, downtown Toronto, those city streets aren't getting any better. And <laughs> those drivers are just getting... Those drivers are just getting punished. I mean, I was getting punished back in like oh, 06. My God. Yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine what it's like now. It hasn't even been repaved. So, you know, maybe think about it, right? It's, just it's pretty about... much like what the Saudi Arabian track looks like right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I, let me tell you. I got some stories from from racing on that track back in the day. You, you get out of the car just black and blue from all the bumps and like your hands would just be bleeding because the steering wheel would just be sawing in your hands because the car was just trying to get away from you and you have to put you know tape or plaster cast around your your hands and your knuckles from the gear shifter because my knuckles always rubbed up against the uh, carbon fiber uh, cockpit and then you know I had to put knee pads on at the same time because I was just getting you know the crap beat out of me at this racetrack but uh, you know it's a story for those are stories for another time, but yeah, you know, seeing a track like this come online up at Orono is pretty awesome. I, I think it's cool. Do you think in that we're talking about the IndyCar trying to get, you know, they have the, the Toronto Indy, um, what are the chances of it going to Canadian Tire Motorsport Park or to this new Oro station that will be coming up? Because like you mentioned, those city streets are not getting any better i was there you know a month ago and <laughs> even in my suv i was still feeling it so i couldn't imagine <laughs> with an indy car i mean canadian tire motorsports park has is such an amazing track design i think it would be an amazing place to host a, a, a an indy car race yeah i do too i would love to see them there it would be it would be incredible to drive an indy car around uh, that racetrack i mean i cut my teeth there racing you know formula 1600 uh, cars and it was incredible even in those things and now you're introducing like you know indie cars pumping out push the pass over 800 horsepower you know slamming around a track you know a thousand pound of indie car going around there would be pretty pre pretty wicked to see um 
I think the facility would probably need some more safety upgrades. I think to take take IndyCar uh, for sure. I think they would. Um, but a track like this new one in Orono, I don't. I don't know. It it it, it all depends. It, if it's going to be FIA Grade Three, then well, I don't know. I would say it should be able to handle you know IndyCar safety standards. Um, I wouldn't see why not. And the thing is, is that it needs to get up off the ground and it needs to get going and it needs people to have their eyes on it and have some sort of act, good activation, right? For, to, get the, to get the name out there, you, you got to have some good activation. So, you know, whether that's they invite, uh, I don't know, Hinchcliffe, you know, and maybe Robbie Wickens comes up as well and, you know, maybe my phone rings or something and I get an invite, <laughs> that'd be all right. Yeah. You know, to come up and just get some activation on the track and get the word of mouth going. And yeah, maybe I, I wouldn't see why not IndyCar wouldn't check that out. Yeah. Why not? They should. That would be great. And maybe just Tyler, this is a conversation you and I can have later adding to our list of ideas popping up mid podcast. It could <laughs> be a potential podcast with uh, Mr. Chandok himself to uh, describe his uh, work with uh, with the circuit that's not too far away from us here in Ontario. So uh, maybe we could try and work out something like that, because I think this is really exciting to know that they're going to be building something. You know, of course, it's a bit farther away from us. We're obviously based in Ottawa. But we don't have as many racetracks as maybe other different countries like the United States and, of course, in Europe as well. So to have something like this coming, you know, essentially in our backyard or at least in our home province is very exciting, like you said, Tim. So, yeah, some some good things to come, I think, for, for motorsport here in Canada and also North America as well. So that wraps it up from my side in terms of what I wanted to cover for today. Tyler, do you have anything else for uh, for Tim that you wanted to throw at him? No, that, that's it for me for today. I mean, we, I'm sure we could get go on forever about racing but um yeah. I, we'll, we'll we'll keep it here today i think <laughs> I, I have to hold, every time tim talks about driving in toronto on the streets i have to hold myself back from like just going <laughs> man i got i you know i was considering tim just as a side note because not recently i, I dug up all my old champ car like memorabilia and stuff like nice. that nice and I was thinking of getting it ready for this podcast, but I, I couldn't bring it in anyway to relate to the topic for today. So like you said, it'll have to be just a one day, maybe in the off season, just to do a, a for fun kind of throwback to that. But look, Tim, we really appreciate your time. You've given us much more than uh, what we originally agreed to, but there's just so much information and you've such got a wealth of knowledge and, and hearing your perspective from a racing side of thing, but also just from you covering sports as well is a big help to us. And I think that uh, there's some really good things that Canadians and Americans and of course Mexicans in North America as well can expect from motorsport in the future. So any final comments uh, on your side? I just want to say thanks very much, guys. I, I do appreciate it. You know, I know um, before, you know, we got onto this, you know, Chris and, and Tyler, I know this is like a, a big passion of yours and I think that's awesome. I think you guys need to keep doing it. Uh, keep ex extending your reach, growing your, growing your, your fan base uh, for sure. And your listenership. Um, yeah. I love what you do. I love that uh, I can come on here and, you know, hopefully support uh growing canadian podcasts such as yourselves and uh and yeah you know don't don't ever give up guys and if, if, if it's your passion and you love it i mean i always say this to people you'll never work a day in your life because it's it's what you love and what's what you're passionate about so yeah for for you guys in particular i mean keep keep pushing keep keep doing your thing don't 
don't let someone tell you what you're doing is dumb because it's not okay it's not dumb people care about it they listen to it and they appreciate it so yeah just big thanks for me for for having me on i really appreciate it no thank you for those those kind of words those mean a lot and the the word of advice is, is i'm sure greatly appreciated to well it's great appreciated for us but i'm sure the viewers as well but we want to help support you as well and where can the viewers and listeners find your stuff uh whether it's your podcast or your writing work with tsn and champ web yeah so on my social media side it's at tim haraney i on both instagram twitter um TikTok, i've been starting to do some anal analyst stuff on there it was my girlfriend's idea it wasn't my idea, it was idea. <laughs> but it was like one of the best ideas like ever because i did one and it actually did really well and so it TikTok's a little interesting to try and get get used to, right? So I'm still trying to like figure out and navigate my way around it, but it's a lot of fun. But yeah, I'm on there as well. And um, podcasts, if anyone wants to listen to it, it's uh, TSN Racing Pod. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts, uh, tsn.ca slash tsn-racing-pod. That's where you can go to stream it. Um, and yeah, everything I do for TSN is, is going to be on tsn.ca slash auto auto dash racing and then yeah i'm a contributor for champweb.net on twitter um do interviews with any car drivers post them on there uh we do a segment called 10 with tim we have a new one coming out with alex palu basically it's me asking 10 goofy questions to the indycar driver and then giving me their responses at the end and we just stitch it together and it's actually a, a ton of fun but that's where that's where all my stuff lives at the moment and uh hopefully more to come in the future Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you again for your time. We really, really appreciate it. And of course, we're going to drop all those links into the description of the video and also of the podcast episode here. So you can go and follow all of Tim's work. That'll do it for this uh, special little series here of motorsport in North America. We hope that you learned a little bit in terms of motorsport here in North America, of some things maybe you knew and some things that you maybe didn't know. And of course, comment your thoughts down below. What did you think of some of the discussions that we've had in this podcast? And what would you like to see motorsport go? What is the direction you'd like to see it go in Canada and in the United States as well? Maybe you've got some other great ideas like Tyler for his triple header weekend. Make sure to drop those down in the comments below. And we really appreciate you guys listening or watching us today. For Tyler McDonald and Tim Haraney for this episode, I've been Chris Cato. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.